Welcome to the Tokenomics DAO podcast, where we explore everything tokenomics related, ranging from deep dives on the tokenomics of the newest protocol to demystifying the nuance of building a successful token ecosystem. Our goal is to bring awareness to the importance of tokenomics and the crucial role it plays in defining the success of a protocol, helping make tokenomics relevant for everyone, builders and investors alike. I'm your host, Flo, joined by my co-hosts, Jason and or Lovis. Welcome to the podcast. In this, in this episode, we will talk about the future of work and we think um, tokenomics DAO is kind of a trial of that future of work. So we just brainstorm on what that means, right? Sort of bringing together freelancers to work in an ownership-based uh, model, um, work towards outcomes, and but also have this sort of like corporation-like structure to, to back you behind it. We talk about uh, Taleb and the addictions of alcohol, tobacco, and salary and uh, people that don't want to be agents, uh, that want to be agents and not principals and how we can um, sort of cater for them as well. And generally a lot about risk-taking and principal agent all over again. But I think it was very interesting and you'll enjoy it. Hi everyone. Uh, I'm dialing in now from somewhere north of Izmir in Turkey. I'm looking at the island of Lesbos. It's a bit noisy here. Sorry about that. Um, I've got Lovis somewhere near Frankfurt and Flo somewhere near Bonn, Cologne calling in as well. Uh, and we wanted to just touch on different aspects today of what might possibly be uh, the future of work. So we'd like to talk about how that would look like um, how we can not only get prepared for that, but also maybe how we can be part of the future, right? Like help to even shape the future. So it's something that three of us are pretty excited and passionate about. So we thought we'd put our brains together to just, yeah, to see what we come up with while we talk about that pretty broad topic um, and try and connect that as well to how things have been changing recently in our world of our economies in the last few years, change has been coming thick and fast. Um, and we think that it's actually still moving in, the, in that direction, you know, that we've been talking about like more decentralization, more ownership, more self-actualization, flexibility, higher quality, etc. Um, yeah, but I won't hog the crappy microphone that I'm using. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, did I did I miss anything out there? I think you did a good job with the intro. The um, maybe we should frame a little bit on because the all the three of us are very much on the same page on on a lot of this stuff. For example, that we uh, have all experienced working in like corporate structures and didn't enjoy it um we are all all three of us are people who are very much interested in being owners right like being a business owner or like owning assets and and like reaping the benefit like obviously taking the risk on that but also reaping the benefits of that um we're not very good at being 
not we're not very good at doing what we're told <laughs> so it's, it's just a couple of like intro things um and to help understand because i think a lot of people that have a job they really enjoy knowing what the expectation is and going in you know kind of like nine to five like classic office setting or whatever setting and just kind of knowing what the expectation is doing a good job at it and kind of like writing that into the future right um but and i guess it's it's nice because it's very predictable right because it's like oh i do this and i get paid that much and then I worry about my happiness and fulfillment in my private time kind of a thing. But like for me, for a lot, for the last, I don't even know, probably 10 years or so, the goal definitely has been to do what I love for a living in the sense of like, I really don't have any tolerance to work on other people's dreams <laughs> and get paid to do so. I really very much want to work on my own dream and figure out how to get paid for that. So it's, um, so anyway, so these are like kind of general like mindset things for me. And then and then on that backdrop, discussing the future of work, right? So then for me, of course, the tints it in the color of uh, how to collaborate with a group of principles, you know, in the sense of we all own a piece of what we're working on and how do we do that? How do we coordinate that? How do we, um, you know, make sure the quality is good, even though, you know, how do we do that without contracts for example like is that is that a thing we need is it is it something that gets in the way yeah becomes a giant like human psychology slash coordination problem i think and i guess like in creating or currently building um tokenomics that we're exploring a lot of that right so we're putting a lot of that or these ideas into action or or figuring them out right so that we've in the last episode, I think we talked about this reward distribution. So that's been something because I don't know, like the Discord was created in December last year. And then like, people came in and people did stuff, created articles, contributed in various different ways. But we never had any, or we never did, and we still don't um, offer them anything in return, right? We don't say, oh, you read an article. You get a thousand US dollars, or you do this, you get that. Um, we don't really do that, and yet people kind of showed up and did stuff. And I always found that fascinating that somebody would come in and do something or take ownership of a certain topic within this community without having any like promise on any gain for him personally, right? And but hero gain though, right? because they must be getting something they might be getting something but maybe nothing like that they can count or touch yet but at the moment they're still here for something right yeah yeah but like at least the material gain is like i don't know they, they might expect it in some way right um um but but it's like not quantified at all yeah and of course the knowledge gain that's something a community definitely brings you come in and ask a question and often or most of the time somebody will come in with a good answer or at least get you a step further to that solution, right? So I think what I really like about it is that, and, and that's, I guess, what, what DAOs bring is that you don't have that hiring process, right? You don't have a, a task that you, that you say you need someone to do, and then you go out and search for that person and you have a budget, say you're going to pay them um, $50,000 a year. And so then um, 
the the way that motivates them to come in is not the money, but it's more of this like they're intrinsically motivated by something, right? They're intrinsically motivated by writing an article about tokenomics or sharing their knowledge in this field or, um, yeah, I don't know, coming on a podcast or um, managing a Twitter account. I don't know what they're intrinsically motivated by, but it's definitely not, the motivation is not influenced in any way um, by this, oh, we're going to pay you $50,000 a year, right? Because that just doesn't exist. And I, I really find that, um, yeah, a super interesting model that I that I think we're kind of, for a, for a while, like unconsciously we're exploring. And in the last couple of weeks or months, it kind of hit us in a way that we're also building this, this, this yeah, we're re-exploring how to work together um, with building this tokenomics style thing, right? Yeah, I mean, also go, the way kind of we're going about uh, the token design, right? I mean, it's still, still not super clear um, exactly what type of token we need or, if, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that we need one at this point, but it's also driven because of what, what Flo just said. It's a lot about how can we reward people flexibly, but how can we capture this, uh, like you, um, like working on something bigger than ourselves together collaboratively, but some, some, we want something that captures that value, right? And because we do want everybody to have a benefit from it also in a very tangible physical payment kind of a sense. Um, and I think that's exactly where the, so that that's why we're talking about this in tokenomics podcast, because I, I, I think a, a possible solution to figuring this coordination out is via the token, right? And then setting rules for, uh, you know, who owns how much for which contributions and how, how does all that work? Um, I think it's, it would be incredibly difficult to do without a token once you're at a, at a scale of more than, you know, a handful of people. So. I think that's why that, that's kind of the link between this future of work and the tokenomics topic, right? Like we we think or we're, we don't have the solution yet, but we think that there is a tokenomic solution for this, right? Yeah, and um, I would say, you know, working for so long, the definition of work has been pretty standardized right everybody has a job like you go meet someone and you say hey what do you do you know how, what's your job what what do you what are you busy yourself with and usually the answer is just one thing right bang i'm an engineer i'm this i'm that i'm an accountant i'm a dentist but then maybe because as technology is getting better and we've been spending a bit of time away from the office last two years with with uh covid etc right People starting to be more aware that, you know, it's okay that life is a bit more multifaceted. And uh, when you talk about what we do with our lives, right, with our time, there's there's so many aspects to things. Like just talking about what, let's say, what you do as a profession, right? There's that compensation aspect. There's the ownership aspect. There's the interest aspect, the meaning aspect, right? Uh, the colleagues, community aspect um so many things and in the past this has always been it's almost like all these things had to be circles triangles whatever had to be squeezed into this square hole right that was called 
an employment contract and this employment contract had one variable right or maybe two how many days how many hours do you work and how much you get paid right it's always a currency for time sort of an equation once in a while you'd get something where somebody would try to say yeah, i'll give you some ownership i'll give you some shares in a company etc but it's still very it's still very linear right and i guess with a dao and trying to build the the token we're able to take a step back and say okay what is work how do we incentivize good work and given more tools at our fingertips how can we keep everybody incentivized if we're not just talking about this how many euros dollars whatever per hour and how many days do you get off to go look after your kid when he's sick right it's it's just a, a more nuanced maybe more high context approach I, I i guess that we're trying to to build here um yeah and and for for me personally i'm, I'm not only excited about building this out for the tokenomics DAO, but i'm wondering i'm really curious to see like where this takes us because maybe we can be a bridge right maybe some of the things we learn can be used in the in the let's say quote unquote traditional economy and that's what i'm also really excited about right what can we migrate over so that the average guy working at the average job or the average boss that's trying to motivate the average employee could we introduce some tools you know or could we share some learnings that they could use to make everyone happy happier right or more motivated yeah i i really don't know i don't know if it can uh feed it back into the legacy system i guess but that's kind of the beauty of not like not having to worry about it for the time being and being able to kind of construct what we need but if you um, yeah sorry no no if go you ahead. think about but if you think about what we're trying to do right it's like this whole ownership thing that's nothing new mm. is it right it's like every corporation has that every corporation that you set up with multiple people they're going to ask you okay what is the ownership structure who owns what and then um that that was probably the beginning of of a corporation of sorts and then they expanded that concept with the with shares right so we so that you actually can can trade this ownership right so you can you can sell it dynamically without going somewhere um official to transfer it to someone else so you have that market where you can just trade these shares so that's where that came from so i think the difference that a that a dao really brings is not that ownership right because you can i mean the, the ownership is now decentralized yeah that's all cool but i think like this this concept of of freelancers working together in in a corporation with shares that's something that i that i find kind of new i haven't i haven't seen that anywhere else and i haven't seen that um in that way right so you can get ownership you can work for a startup but still they're going to have some sort of contract that says or oh, you're going to work 40 hours a week or this is what you're supposed to do and you're going to get paid um to fulfill these certain tasks. So, but, but, but like this, this, this thing that I've seen when, when working for DAOs is that you, you join them and you get paid for what you contribute. Maybe there's some bounties that you can pick up and then you get paid for the individual bounty. But if you do nothing, then you get paid nothing. And so it's kind of like a freelancer, right? So you can pick up as much work as you want to, 
but you can also um yeah and stop and and enjoy your free time do something else so i think that's the that's the novelty of it wouldn't you say yeah i mean it because we were trying to just pay or not pay but like reward based on uh outcomes right based on like quality of work and you know somebody is very skilled in an area they can produce incredible outcomes in a short amount of time and they should get rewarded some you know on some function based on the benefit that it brings to the to the whole rather than how much time did you sit in front of a desk to do it you know that just seems like super antiquated um but then of course it's also nice if you can incentivize this person to stick around right so i mean i think that's a lot what contracts are it's just you make it planable for the corporation it's like no no i know that i have these 10 people and if one of them wants to leave they have to give me three months notice like that makes it a lot easier to facilitate the whole thing um like if you have one person who's super good but you know you can only work with them for the month of june then it's very sad when they leave right or when they're, when they're busy with something else but i don't know that's like one of the things right that's at the same time if like incredible people are very uh eager and incentive well incentivized to to contribute then all of a sudden their schedule will clean up clear up magically right for you and they will start um just giving a lot more of their time because they they find it it's worth it so yeah they yeah because they they own their own time right they might have yeah. other gigs that might be working on and, that, and that's also something that i heard that you probably wouldn't be able to see elsewhere um, so let's say there'd be this kind of DAO version of Google, Facebook, and Amazon, then somebody could work for all three. All three of them. Right. He could sure. he could like pick the the tasks that he's like best performing at, and he could do them for each and every of these companies, right? Yeah. It'd be yeah, like I think Uber one car, right? The Uber goes to whichever guy needs the car that that moment and would need it the most would pay the most rather than three people owning a car and most of the time having the car on the parking lot in a way right it's a crude analogy but it'd be something like that where the best the guys get to, to spread their their knowledge to more people he probably gets paid more but it's still cheaper than these three companies paying for an employee to just sit there and produce 20 percent of the time right yeah yeah. Well, it's probably um, so that person who would work for the three decentralized, you know, fan companies, they would probably work, work, earn more than if they just had one of the jobs, but they probably wouldn't earn as much as if they had all three full time jobs, right? <laughs> but then, or they couldn't that, do it. <laughs> yeah, but Wouldn't then that also it, yeah. that also seems fair ish, right? So if you just have a if you have a topic that you're super pro on and you just you sell that basically for top dollar to all three companies and you should have, you know, should have a nice reward for that. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to be beholden to like pushing buttons on a keyboard so that HR doesn't call you for not being online long enough or something like that. Yeah. And I, I bet there's freelancers out there that do this already, right? They provide some yeah. service to Google, Facebook, and Amazon at the same time. But sure. I think what they don't have then is this community or this like almost company like structure behind them 
mm-hmm. that they can go back to and reach out to discuss certain topics. And that's, I think, what um, we what we're currently doing with building out this kind of like consulting unit is that um, you could have somebody just coming in, like no employment contract whatsoever. He's just super skilled on this topic, goes and works on it. But then he finds out that he's like, he's stuck on it, right? And if he was a, a freelancer, he'd probably be screwed and had to like figure it out on his own. I don't know what he would do. But here he could just reach out to other contributors that are part of the DAO and get help there and, and maybe find two or three people um, that would be willing to discuss that with him because they know that when they run into trouble, they could get back to this other guy and, and also bounce their ideas off them. And that's also something that I guess is um, better than just pure, this pure freelancer model. Yeah. Right? So it's I mean, this, that's another it's advantage. More, for sure. I mean, you're more like a co-founder, right? Like you ideally, that's like your mindset, right? You're like, you have ownership, you have expertise, like you do some of the work, you help coordinate some of the work, like you, you get help, you help others and, um, like you also don't want to phone it in and do just deliver crappy work because on some level it's your own reputation on the line, but also the reputation of the DAO at the same time. But that's of course also why other co-founders, so to say, or principals will also be super motivated to help, right? Because nobody wants you to do a bad job at the end of the day. Everybody's yeah, here because too. It all, yeah, it's all tied together in the end, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's really cool, right? Because it's um, we've also discussed this before. Like it's this non-competition thing, right? It's like hard. It's like hard collaboration, <laughs> rather than oh, I'm trying to be better than this person and screw them over in some way. Like that, I don't think that would work very well. Yeah. Okay, so it, that's all cool. I've I've talked to a friend. Um, you know, he's got like a mortgage, three kids all of mm. that. I said, like, I don't want to be a principal. Mm. I just want to be an agent because I need a fixed salary to cover all this stuff. So how would, how would that person be, or how could that person become a part of something like that? Yes. Uh, just, wouldn't you be able to just continue? I don't think this, these systems, say that you have to be a principal it's more like it'd be good if the systems allowed for people to 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 migrate to being a principal if they wanted to but it's still i i think the economy would definitely still offer roles where people could just be full-time agents i i think like like for example in our DAO, right that, that would just mean somebody would just be a full-time consultant and he'd be happy to just do the best work and always get get paid right uh and if he's not willing to do the best work then it's just it just means he'll get paid less so i don't know what he's trying to to say when he says i just want to be an agent is he trying to say i don't care about ownership or is he trying to say i just want to keep getting a salary every month right yeah, it's really no scary. matter my work quality it's risk. He doesn't want to take any risk. So, I, I mean, and there's lots of people I've I've seen, right? So at big corporations, you typically have some mix of fixed salary and, and a variable part, right? That um, runs with some kind of performance of the overall company. And oftentimes, even though with the 
dynamic or variable part, you have more upside, right? Because it could double one year, but people still, they're like, I don't want to risk not getting anything there. Right. So they'd happily um, have as little as possible of this dynamic part to, to not lose any of it or because of, of fear losing it. Right. So they'd, because they rely on their, like, let's say 80%, but the remaining 20% that really want to get every year. And I think the more principle you go, the more that dynamic part would be. And so there could be a lot higher upside, but um, worst case, you can have three years where you get nothing, right? And then you only get 80% pay. And that maybe just barely covers your living expenses, but you can't go on holiday or something like that. And, and I think that's the case for a lot, a lot of people that I know would be in that scenario, right? They just, and, and, and that what an employment contract is not just something for the employer, it's also something for the employee, because the employee knows that if there's no new business, no new consulting gigs coming in, they'll still get paid because the employer takes the risk. They don't have to take the risk. They just go and get paid. So that's something I'm like, I found that really interesting when he said it, and I don't have an immediate solution for it. Um, so I just wanted to pick your guys' brains. So I hope anyone and everyone who's listening to this don't, doesn't take this the wrong way, right? I'm not against salaries. <laughs> but uh, about three, four years ago, I read a tweet where this Nassim Taleb, this author of books like Anti-Fragile and Skin in the Game, I think in Skin of the Game, when I was reading it, uh, and he was quoting that book, it said something along the lines of, please correct me, but something along the lines of the three most addictive drugs in the world or three most abused drugs in the world are like alcohol, uh, tobacco, and salaries. Because <laughs> it's true, right? Like, I mean, once you're on a salary and it's a good enough salary that affords you a certain lifestyle, giving up that salary means not only risking that that monthly paycheck but you're risking your whole lifestyle everything you've built around your life your car your home your kids going to school the food you eat it's all built into that into that salary package so of course it's a massive risk and of course it also means it's a massive safety right in in being part of a group that where you kind of feel like okay i'm gonna get this amount of monetary reward every month um but i think a lot of people and i think they might be starting to find that out now going forward if we hit like recessionary times there's also this risk of you losing your job right and uh that's something that i think people keep as an externality when they're talking about uh what kind of risk reward they want to build into their lives not many people I think accurately or, or, or rationally go and weigh the risk of losing your job, say when you're 45 or 50 years old, and then being unemployed, being very, you know, in a position where it'd be very difficult to get re-employed. Um, and I think for people that have been in entrepreneurship, that might not be the case. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's that right there's definitely pricing the risk of losing a job but there's also um 
I don't know. There's also this limited upside thing, right? That's that's like the thing that I'm way more worried about than uh, capping the downside. You so a salary is basically what? It's a put option? No, no, not really. Because if the company craters, you don't, you just maintain, right? You don't make any additional money. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You just. But if you're if you're principal, you definitely have an upside. Uh, uh, asymmetric upside right i mean the time you so let's assume that you could generate a decent base salary working for a dow or a startup um as a basic assumption then of course you would only you basically only have upside potential right because like yeah you might make a little less than working for a bigger, bigger company per year but if the dow launches a token and then has a billion dollar valuation there's a really good chance that you're uh, token equity, whatever, will be worth way more than you could have ever made working in a salary job. Um, but yeah, so anyway, sorry, but so like responding to your friend um, doesn't want any ownership. He doesn't want the risk, right? He wants it to be super predictable. That's kind of the thing that I tried to talk about in the intro. I think that I think most people think like that, and I think it makes sense. Um, because that's, I mean, on some level, that's also how the capitalist structure is supposed to work, right? The entrepreneurs get to, quote unquote, exploit that by hiring people. Like a, a corporation is always trying to hire the most talented person for the least amount of money, right? Because if they produce excellently and I get to buy them for 100K a year, but they produce me 400K, good deal for me, right? Um, but in exchange, of course, I, as the employer, have to carry the risk of paying them if deals dry up or whatever. Um, so in that sense, like that, I mean, that's where the entrepreneurial opportunity comes from, too. So if we're proposing everybody is an owner and everybody participates in the upside, that's also, it, it will be tough for, for a small group of people to make all all the money, right? <laughs> it would kind of have more like equal distribution of wealth almost built in, in a sense. I guess that at least that's the optimistic case that I see. Yeah, it's really this like, yeah. If you're willing to take risk, then you get a reward or you get that upside. And if you're not, then you don't. So the a company structure is is just that you're bundling or you're taking away that risk you're abstracting it from the individual and putting it onto someone else is it that um i think so yeah i think that's that's definitely part of it you're trying to have a big enough pipe like i mean but that's also why you know if you're a consulting company you do have all kinds of people working on marketing, sales, uh, IT, all these things, even though the billable hours might all be produced by the consultants, right? But you, you need that back end also to kind of um, distribute the workload, but also to distribute the risk or to lessen the risk, right? Yeah. Because if, if you always have people out there selling their pants off, then the chances, the risk of the deal flow drying up is way lower, right? Um, there was another point I was trying to make, but I forgot. But uh, but I guess let's think through. So for us, for tokenomic style, like would we ever want to flat out hire somebody for a salary and say, well, you, it's an option, right? Like you can go down this contributor track, where you like kind of set to become a principal, or 
or not, or you can take a salary. I mean, assuming yeah, that we can had... go down the agent path, right? So there's a role yeah. for agents, and these agents they just do, yeah, I don't know, like certain tasks, right? Yeah. I mean, like I would, I would love to see how long we can go for without going down that path. Like just from intellectual curiosity standpoint, I'd love to see how long we can go without needing to give salaries, right? Yeah. But maybe at some point. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the the model that we that we currently have with this reward distribution and all that, right? So we're gonna take a bit of the consulting revenue that we get, and we're going to distribute that to um, contributors right, in a peer-to-peer in -peer way. So everybody decides what the others should should get out of that reward pot that we distribute. Um, that's the idea. But I guess a problem that I already see with that, and I'm curious to find out how we're going to solve it, is more long-term initiatives when you work on them. right? So let's say you go out and you think, oh, I want to build this new product um, and I really believe in it. It's a really cool thing that that the DAO should do. So you spend 100, 100 hours on it and you keep working and keep working and keep working on it. But during all that time, all the other contributors wouldn't or might not see the value that you create only when it really turns into that thing that generates revenue or you get a lot of outside feedback, would others see it? And then that reward creation mechanism or that reward distribution mechanism wouldn't really work like, like how would that person then having spent all this time and created all this value and maybe in a year's time it becomes the number one revenue generating thing within the DAO how would that person then get rewarded for it So maybe there's this like it's, it's kind of research what's what he's doing in a way right and research is often, um, an agent kind of thing. Somebody says, we want to research on this topic and find out more about it. So go and, and do that research. Well, why wouldn't, but why wouldn't it work? Like, I mean, the assumption, is, so if, as long as that person, you know, made a compelling case, why they want to work on that and other, and, and other contributors have said, that sounds like a really good use of your time. Like, go ahead. And then if that person also keeps them in the loop and says, hey, you know, in the last two weeks, I've done this, 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 and this, like, this is where we're at. Why wouldn't they reward that? Yeah, maybe they would, yeah. I mean, we kind of have it right now with the education thing, right? Like, we're getting some pretty back, big push towards formalizing our education materials more. And maybe, I don't know, hosting some classes or something like that. So if somebody takes ownership of that and runs with that, even though it might take a few months before there's revenue from it, or, might, or, or we might just do it for free, we might decide to do it for free and there will never be revenue from it, I don't know. But I could totally see people being uh, supportive of it and also giving them um, a, a fair share. Yeah. And I mean, I guess a few words why, we, why we're thinking right now that there should be a vote, right? So really, I guess we think there shouldn't be a vote. We should really, we would really love to do it based of all, all based off of metrics, right? So if you write an article, like how many views did it get? How many people clicked on links and all that stuff? The problem is it is incredibly difficult to measure all that stuff. Um, I mean, it's not hard to measure, but then how do you put that in context with an article, with a tweet, with a video, with a podcast, with a, 
tool you know is incredibly difficult right so that's why we're like well since it's all kind of subjective anyway for first step let's just vote (laughs) and so that that seems like the the quick launch version of trying to kind of trying to take everybody's effort into account um but yeah i mean the forward-looking stuff is is tricky right um but i think I don't know. I can I can see it working still that people would uh, reward the work that people do that doesn't immediately produce results. Yeah, I mean it's. I think it's we should try it. That's the only way to find out. Yeah. Is putting this in place, trying it for a couple of months, see where it goes, see how people feel about it, and um, yeah, really see if it if it works in the end yeah and then tweak it again right that's also the beauty i think of of this kind of structure that the structure is very loose so you can you can change it if everybody agrees hey we've tried this model it doesn't really do this or do that we'd like it to do more of this and that then you could you could just change it adjust it tweak it right so the people that are keen to continue they can they can people that don't they can yeah go go do something else yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that because I mean, our, our topic tokenomics is pretty wide, right? So I'd imagine that there will be plenty of initiatives where people are like, whoa, this is really cool. Like, I, I just want to work on that. Um, and then we could, I mean, we could formalize it by forming like a sub DAO, but that might not even be necessary, I don't think. I think it's more like, well, then that, that's a work stream and there's some, you know, some people managing different aspects of it. Some people maybe do more like project management, others deliver the work, whatever. Um, but then that kind of becomes like its own little, I don't want to say department, but like, you know, value unit <laughs> um, for people that are really into the one topic, just go and and spend all their time on that. So I guess, I guess is there is there a fear of like over specializing people on stuff? Like is that a thing? Are we going to be a bunch of specialists where everybody thinks that their hammer is the best tool in the box, but at the end of the day it's all just hammers? Or I don't know. I think it would it would like naturally um evolve, right? Because if the like the, in the current with this like you have this let's say you have this uh, distribution mechanism and then two months you get paid really well and then the next month there's not no pay you'd go and figure out what the problem was right so if you've hmm. been hammering around all the time but there's no pay hammering you might look at a wrench or something and <laughs> try that That's tool true. i don't know um yeah, could could be could be a possible way. So I'm actually the thing I'd be like really interested about is like how can how could this what we're doing is this something that only happens or exists within the Web three world? Is this something only for crypto people for crypto people by crypto people for crypto people, or is this something that you could just simply apply in the outside world? So I talked about this. Um, I don't know with with whom it was, but that person 
pretty much said that before we had the corporation, we had guilds. And that guilds actually resemble what DAOs are a lot more. Like you had this stonemason guild that would somebody come in and they they wouldn't get an employment contract, I think. They would just um be like, okay, you you work with us on this on this thing for a while and we see if you're good. And then if it was if it was good, it was skilled, then he would get paid for the project, right? And um if you wanted to go somewhere else, then he he could. There's nothing stopping him really. And um, but also his there was nothing, nothing really fixed. So I think like is there a pathway where we could go back to that or transform like a normal company, a normal business into what we're doing? So basically take a centralized business that's doing well and try to decentralize it. <laughs> Not really. I don't know if you need to, if, if, if if it needs to be decentralized in that way, but maybe like this, you know, this idea that I, that I said earlier, this like you you are this group of freelancers working together, and you somehow have an equity mechanism that gives you ownership, and that also rewards you for value added. So you have that mechanism. Why are there no corporations that do that? That's that's my question. And could we, could there be some, could that be something to create? What I've seen is like, I've just read this a couple of years ago, I think it was, and there was, I think I think it's the founder of WordPress or so, and he has that company that owns WordPress and a lot of the add-ons um, things. I forgot the name, I'll look it up. But they, they've got this model that sounds like a lot more flexible than other companies have, right? So you're in your, employment contract you don't really they don't really tell you how many hours you're supposed to work they don't tell you how much leave you're supposed to take they just say work from everywhere you want to and um as long as you do the work that others think you should be doing or th that you think is necessary then we'll just pay you All right so that's a lot more flexible than what a normal I guess um corporation does but it also requires hiring and all that so maybe they could take a next step in that evolution and be this, yeah, just loose coupling of freelancers that work on stuff with a with an equity-based or like with an ownership base, with an ownership model. Yeah, I think the moment you incentivize risk, then you incentivize Oh no, how do I put it? The moment you take away risk, you incentivize people to become rent seeking, right? Like it's just that. And I think that's why we don't see it in corporations because by definition, the moment somebody gets an employment contract, they get paid until they get fired. So then their incentive is not just don't get fired. You know? Yeah. It's it's like the yeah, an employment the, contract, yeah. it's 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 giving security to people that are insecure in, in that sense, right? Whereas entrepreneurship would be offering insecurity to people who are already secure, you know? And I think there are many, many layers to this. There's the, there's the character layer where 
people are maybe more naturally inclined to be risk-taking. There's also the that layer of how what's your what's your current financial situation? You know, are you currently in poverty? Because if you're in poverty, working at McDonald's sounds like a good deal, right? Um, if you're if if you have a million dollars in the bank. Your, your outlook on life is just different. It's like, okay, I, I don't have to work. Or let's say, put it to the next level. Let's say you had $100 million in your bank. You'd look at the world very differently, right? Yeah. I mean, then at that point, you're just working on stuff that inspires you, right? That you're passionate about. Yeah, you'd even be thinking, I'm going to sit on the beach or I'm going to, if I am going to spend time, I'm going to put this 100 million to work. And so I'm going to have to be really focused so that I don't lose this 100 million, right? So you you, you basically, the, the whole mindset is just different. I love the background. Yeah. I hope your mindset doesn't change because of that. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah. So, so um, I just wanted to, to, to say that we shouldn't forget, you know, when we're talking about how to incentivize people, that there's always this other aspect of which, where is this other person coming from, right? Um, what's their current situation? What do they currently need? What's their, where are they in that uh, hierarchy of needs at the moment, you know? Yeah. But then, like, in that, yeah, in a way, like, nobody would come into tokenomics DAO and contribute if they're like in that, I guess I call it poverty stage of that, right? They, they just wouldn't because they, they couldn't afford to take that risk of spending time contributing, but then having that uncertainty of getting paid for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to draw another crude analogy, right? If you're really hungry, you'd, you'd be going somewhere to say, hey, can I help you dig a trench so that you can give me food right now? Because I'm not going to make it till tomorrow, right? Yeah. But the, the guy who's got silos worth of grain, he's thinking, hey, how much more land can I clear? How much more irrigation channels can I uh, build so that next year... I'm going to be able to grow even, uh, going to double my harvest, right? And so he's going to take some of his grain and give it to somebody that's super hungry now and say, hey, can you help me dig this trench? Because I want to irrigate more fields. And it's oftentimes, I think the, the person that's investing in the long run, they're usually the people that have more means, they have more resources. And so they get vilified. They get said, they get, they, they get told, oh, you're taking advantage of that poor guy who's hungry. But it's not always the case. It could be, but it's not always the case. Because if that guy was to say, hey, I'm not going to give you this much grain. I'm going to give you ownership in my field. You'll get the harvest next year. That guy's going to say, I, that sounds like a great idea, but I'm not going to be around next year. I'm going to be dead, right? Yeah, I need I the food yeah. now. And so it's really two different dynamics there might be a hundred different ones that are missing right but i think definitely it's at the moment how secure a person is will will affect how much risk he can take and also that character right we know of people that say hey my dad's made a million dollars he's passed that to me i'm happy to just 
live off that for the rest of my life. I don't need to change anything. That's good. I don't like risk. That's that's fine. That's just who that person is. Uh, you know, it's not knocking that person. Um, but yeah, I, I think whatever models we come up with for the future of work, right, it should allow us to meet the need of different types of people in different situations and also allow for these people to maybe move up and down this scale, right? Somebody that starts off really hungry, collects all this grain, in a month or two months' time, he might have saved up some grain and then he goes and talks to the, the farm owner and says, hey, I've got enough food now for the next two months. So can I work for you for the next two months but then get ownership in this irrigation system that I'm building, right? And then that owner might go, nah, I, I want to keep that ownership all to myself. And then this guy is then free to go leave and go look for another farm owner that would give him ownership. Right? So, yeah, so, so then, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but how can we then, how can such a pathway from agent to principal look? So we've talked about this before when we met up in Fulda. Like for me, it would be great if we allowed for a mechanism where people that are working for a payout or get paid out, uh, get rewarded, that they get the chance to reinvest, right? So in this way, they'd be saying, hey, I've got enough to eat right now. Can I put that money to work in terms of owning what I'm building? And I think that mechanism would be very important because then it would allow that duality of outcomes, right? People can choose in a, on a very real-time basis, do I get paid today or do I reinvest? Do I eat that grain or do I put it back in the soil to grow, right? And I think if we can do that, it'd be great. It'd be really, it'd be super interesting to see what, what fruits that bears, right, in terms of the, the, the Dow and maybe community at large to see how, how that might change incentives and I think over time we would start to see this 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 divergence right of the group of people that are there who say hey I just want to get paid now and another group that says hey I'm here for the long haul I want to be part of the journey and I want to get the reward at the end of the day yeah I, yeah, it's a, it, it is an interesting mechanism, right? This whole reinvestment of, of what you're paid. So in a corporation, that could be you just get your salary almost. And then at the end of the month, you can decide if you want to put X percent of that back into the corporation. So a lot of them have such a model already, right? A lot of them have a model where... Um, you know, you get paid a certain amount and then you can take 10% of that and it's rewarded, it, it, it's turned into shares and there's some tax benefits whatsoever, super nice. And mostly like everybody does it because they get shares at a discount, right? So that, that's, an, that's an obvious thing. But then I think we run into another problem that we've also talked about. And that's this, the bigger you get, the like like employee wise right so dow wise let's say we have 10,000 contributors then that i i often feel like this equity or this ownership like often stops to really be a motivator or maybe maybe it's also because the bigger you get right because a, a really big company like amazon 
they won't triple their share price anymore. I don't think so, right? Like maybe they will, but who knows? But it's less likely than when you work for a startup which has five people where that definitely could be the case. And so your individual contribution that you do also has a larger impact on the the share price of it. So if you're at Amazon, right, you're the greatest guy, you built the greatest tools, whatever, um, that won't move the needle on the share price side much. So I, I guess we run into that problem then. And it also won't move your own personal needle as much, right? Like if you if you take a million dollars of shareholder or $10 million of uh, investment and you go and change it into a billion dollar company, you've made a lot more upside than if you're working for Amazon and you've done the same thing. Like you took $10 million of Amazon's money and then created another division that, you know, brings in a billion dollars a year, right? Yeah. Your your payout would be much less from an yeah. individual perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, but before we just jump there, right? Even going backwards, like say you're still at that five person company, I think which is okay. Let's say a fifty person company, maybe similar, more more along the size scale of what the tokenomics styles like now, right? Um, the issue also comes when somebody says, hey, I want to reinvest my, my, my earnings into ownership of the entity. The issue is, how, how does one now value this small entity? Because if I was to say, hey, Flo, I'm going to give you $10,000 now this month, because I did a lot, a lot of consulting work. I worked really hard, but I'm going to put it all back uh, into the DAO. How many percent does that buy me of the DAO, right? That's another issue because we don't know what the DAO's worth. So what does $10,000 buy me or something where we don't know what it's worth, right? So there's that issue. When you get bigger, you can give employees shares and they'll know what it's worth because it's very liquid, right? Yeah. So that's another issue that we're facing. Yeah, and we and we tried to come up with ways to kind of do a back of the envelope valuation, right? It's not easy because there's so many different metrics you can look at. Does it have to do with revenue? Is it kind of the vision of what we're trying to go for here in five years? Or is it, you know, which one is it? So it, it is very tricky. And then you also kind of almost, it's like, okay, whatever it's valued at right now, somebody puts in money. If the DAO doesn't really need the investment money, it's like, should the DAO take it? Because then we're, somebody's getting more equity, right? In a way, <clears throat> or should we wait for a higher valuation and then let people buy? Like it, it just, I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe people don't, don't have an opinion. Away equity, right? The DAO just doesn't want exactly. to. Exactly. Because it's like, oh, right now for $10,000, I can buy the whole thing because it's not worth anything. It's like, yeah, but it's also not for sale. So <laughs> oh, yeah. what do yeah. we do about that? I think like cor corporations have a lot of that figured out, right? Like the whole yeah. shareholder corporation have a lot of that figured out. And maybe we can, we don't have to reinvent everything. We can just borrow from it. Mm. I just feel it would be more dynamic in in such a freelancer, you know, DAO, DAO sort of structure. Yeah, I can't. Sorry, somebody's like grinding chairs in the background. So we were, we were thought timing. we thought it was like, it would be a Turkish wedding, but it's somebody. 
grinding somebody deciding to grind yeah, rusty chairs. Um, I, I wrote on Notion, I'm not sure if, if uh, you guys have read it yet, but maybe some idea would be to say, we give out a certain number of shares of every period, right? But then these shares get bidded on by contributors, you know, and that way we, we kind of create this liquidity, but only within internal members, right? So it's not like the outside world can come in and buy up the whole DAO because we've already defined now we're only going to give out 1% of the, the company this quarter. And then people get to them both, right? They, they say, oh, okay, I, I want to buy that 1% for 5K, 10K, 100K, a million dollars, whatever. And that gives us some rough idea as well in terms of valuation because it's organic. We're not setting anything in stone. We're letting, let's say in this case, the free market or in this case, the free market within the DAO decides what it's worth. Um, and so that might be some in-between way where we can try and get some quasi valuation based on liquidity generated only from within the DAO, within, you know, where people that are voting on the DAO know the DAO, understand the DAO, and therefore maybe have their own educated guesses on what the DAO's worth. Yeah, and I mean, and they have an important insight, right? They have an insight into what they're committed to to do for the DAO. So that's a that's pretty cool, right? So like, if I if I had to think of uh, valuations in terms of what I believe just the three of us can accomplish in a given time frame, probably be, probably be pretty high valuation because I know what I can do. I'm getting an idea of what Flo and Jason do. So then I'm like, you know, we're smart, we're talented. We don't need the money that badly right now. So let's buckle down and work on some stuff. And I'm sure we can come up with something that's at least gonna produce, I don't know, a couple million in revenue per year. So then I'm like, high valuation. <laughs> but it's- Yeah, because imagine, say, just, just thought experiment, right? Say we tell the DAO, hey, for the next 30, 36 months, we're gonna give half percent away every month. To the bidder right to the highest bidder but you have to be a contributor to bid yeah um so say in that first 12 months or whatever me Flo, and lovis are like going nuts trying to outbid each other to put like i don't know we're paying like 100k for that half a percent right and that money goes into the treasury that's also a super strong signal to the other contributors, right? They're like, wow, man, this half a percent that I'm working for is worth a ton of money, right? It could be us that's bidding on it. And, and it's like an insider knowledge that we're, 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 we're bringing to the table, right? Um, just again, thought experiment. Um, for anybody that's listening, you know, this is the first time that I'm bringing it up. So Flo and Lovis are hearing it for the first time as well. So. Uh, just really spitballing it as it comes to mind. Yeah. I guess like this, this whole ownership distribution mechanism is something we'll have to think about. Um, and also find out how others maybe have done it. Um, maybe trial it for a while, try it out change it again um yeah we'll leave it out there 
or a little bit, but I think it's, it's, it is really, really important because otherwise you can't. Yeah. Otherwise I think the whole thing is too loosely coupled, right? We want it to be loosely coupled with, with this, uh, like freelancer working together, but, um, like some degree of coupling through ownership, I think is, is important, right? So that people support each other, work towards the same goal, right? So this, this example that we brought earlier, if some consultant gets into trouble, that he then can call others that work in the DAO because they also don't want the reputation to go down if the project, yeah, isn't finished um, to satisfaction, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean... So just thinking about this, like, why don't we want to, I mean, of course, I know the answer. I'm just asking it as like a devil's advocate kind of a thing. Why don't we just want to be employers, right? And try to find the most talented people for the lowest price and just make money off of them. People have suggested that. Um, I'm just, and, and we, we could, right? I'm just like really curious to try this out and i guess what i really like about it is this that you get to work with people that are somehow like intrinsically motivated they're not mo motivated by this bounty or this salary that you pay them but they they come out of their own interests and those are like to be honest most of the contributors are, are like that right they're all kind of like really interested in this topic they want to advance it they have cool ideas and uh, we have really good discussions with them because they are intrinsically motivated. So that's that's for me, right? The the main case. And then I mean, I got to believe that the potential upset we can create through that. I mean, it must be even higher, right, than the traditional model. Um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the the question, right? If that. <laughs> There's you kind of have aspect. a mechanism to yeah work with better people or work together with better people. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, for us, our market of who we could get to work with is actually global, right? It's only um, impeded by our marketing, let's say, of how many people know about us. But basically, there's no barrier of entry. The, the moment a person knows who the tokenomics DAO is, and they're interested, they can basically come in and work for us, right? Prove, prove their skills, prove their work, and then just come in and start working. If you're creating an, if when, if we were normal employers, we'd like our, our barrier would be how, how, who can we hire? And are we allowed to hire a person and then only let him work on three things anymore, right? So I think the dynamic of how you, leverage on human ability uh, yeah it gets affected by this traditional legacy it does yeah I guess I don't know um, we'll have to We'll have to try. Maybe there's a little bit of both. I mean, so just, you know, crude example, right? Like we did hire a freelancer straight up to do the redesign of the website, but more for not so much the design itself, but like the <clears throat> doing the work of it. 
it, uh, and it's and I think it makes sense because it's a kind of a one-off thing. We just need them to build the structure, and then it's a lot up to us to fill it anyway. Um, but that seemed to be easier to to do than uh, trying to find the right person from the DAO and then figuring out with them. Um, but I I guess I don't know like also as this project matures, I think maybe in a year or two, if we had to do something again, we would probably definitely know somebody in the community who would be super good at it. And then it could still be uh, a project that they do, but they also get rewarded for in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th that's what that's what I always think, right? I think like the, the website is is cool the way it was done, but I'm also convinced that if the three of us would have spent the time to build it, it would have been even better. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And that's absolutely yeah. clear, right? But we would have yeah. have to invest our own time into it. Right. But the, yeah, kind of the 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 level of quality that we think it would have, and that an agent would think it have, is is clearly different, right? Yeah, that's true. But I guess I guess I, I could see that there is uh, definitely dual pathways, right? To do the agent thing, especially as like um, the more established we get, I can see us. I mean, and and it wouldn't still have to look like a fixed like a fixed salary employment, but it could definitely be also working with like just contracted freelancers on stuff. Um, but that, but of course that would mean like if you if you're planning on making this part of your life and like contributing lots to it to the tokenomic style then you would probably you would want to be on the uh principal path we the organization would want you to be on it because just the outcomes you can produce will be better for both sides but then i can still see uh, especially as we pick up momentum that there would also be room and budget for work for higher stuff. So, and then I don't really know. I still don't really know what to tell your friend who just wants to be an agent. I'm like, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but then most likely working in a DAO is not for you, at least not yet. Maybe later there'll be much, you know, when cash flow is stable and stuff, there'll be more room for it. But I guess that's the same answer as working for a startup or not, you know. I, yeah, not everybody would be doing that. Even though in a startup, most, oftentimes you get paid a salary. It's just yeah. riskier to, you know, the, the, the stability of it. Yeah, right. As compared yeah, to working for a large a startup probably can't pay you as much as, you know, a very established company. But then if they're well-funded, often they do pay quite competitive. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I can also see that people don't want the hassle of having to switch employers and stuff. I mean, personally, I've never been able to save with an employer longer than like two and a half, three years. It's like the longest I've ever done. Um, and then I was just always interested in other new other things, right? And um, from an employer perspective, that's not a long time, right? For me, that was plenty. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Like, do you think it'd be different while you're working for a DAO? And if so, why? Yeah, for sure. For for me, for sure, because the thing is that I, if I'm like hired as the product manager or something, it's it inevitably like kind of the job is to almost create like process and flow and then execute that. 
by the time the process is built, uh, I'm bored with it. <laughs> and then I don't want to be the person who just executes, right? I want to be the person kind of uh, creating creating something, right? Creating the thing. Um, but there doesn't seem to be enough of these opportunities to keep doing that, at least in the companies where I worked. In, invariably, somebody's like, no, no, you did such a good job at this piece. Can you just focus on that all day long, every day? And I'm like, nah, that's super boring. Like, I know I could do a good job with it, but let's, let's not. And then, so for me as an entrepreneur, that would be the point where it would be awesome to hire somebody to just do that, right? Because then I could focus on the thing that I want and they can focus on that and everybody gets good results. But as an employee, I just never had the uh opportunity to even to even suggest that or if i did then they're like yeah whatever you know like <laughs> that's not your call right so so i do so, so, I, so for me it's like for sure i'd stay with my own thing or like a thing where i feel like ownership longer because also i can i have complete freedom of you know what this month i'm really into chasing down this rabbit hole and trying to find, figure out how to extract value for the DAO for that uh, through that right and then I have total liberty to go and do that. So, yeah, I was just thinking like, um, what if we, like, let's say the DAO would create this really cool tool and then you were, you own that tool in some way. We had some model to distribute that in a more granular way, right? So we would, he would build this tool. It would turn out a lot of revenue in uh next year or so profits i don't know and then you you've designed it and you're interested in only designing that part but you also since you've contributed so much to it you would own a certain bit and so you've been entitled to these revenues right so what if you could then go and like get an agent get somebody to just run that thing and you would bear the risk of that in yeah. a way right y you would say okay uh we're we're making a uh, hundred thousand. That's what you estimate a month with that, right? So you can, you can kind of take that and hire somebody for fifty thousand a month, and maybe that payout is somewhat volatile. So the next month you get twenty thousand only. So then you still have to pay that person fifty thousand to do it. The next month you get a hundred thousand, and so you get the get you you get to keep the spread on that. Then, um, so you'd be kind of abstracting that risk like an employer would right in in a some somewhat model like that maybe that's something we could implement within DAOs. yeah and i mean if people are willing to take the risk yeah for others well, and so maybe on top of i mean also it's tricky right because at, from that perspective which what risk am i taking right i'm just on the hook to pay the agent because i mean if the thing doesn't produce the money then there's no money, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, <laughs> well, that's what I, the other person wants, right? To yeah. the, the other person wants, I want to get paid 50,000 a month and I want three months notice. So that's what yeah. they want. Right. And so then what you have to do, then you have to take the risk of not being able to pay that person from the income. So you then have to take that from your own finances to pay that person to do the job hmm. and then yeah. you let he'll at least have this three months notice but if it does well 
the, the whole product performs really well with the guy maintaining it, then you get the upside. So let's say the next month it does 150,000, 200,000. You, you get to keep 100, 150,000. And the guy, he only gets 50,000 every single month, right? right? And you're earning big time on that, but he's not because he wants to be the agent. Yeah. But if, yeah, if the thing only turns out, turns out 20,000, then you have to fork out 30,000 out of your own reserve to pay that person. And that's the risk you're taking. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, that, that's just, you know, basically bearing the full like entrepreneurial risk of, of the thing. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that's how on some level, that's how it should work. The only thing is if it's, if it's that risky, um, then I'm like, why would want somebody want to innovate inside the DAO? Cause like the DAO should have, like I guess should have the resources to enable good innovation, right? Because the problem is if I'm worried that I have to, like if I think it's the right step to grow this thing and like 10 exit again from where we're at to hire some agents, but I have to bear the full risk of that, then I might not, I might never suggest it because, and so then the thing won't 10 X, right? Because I'm, I'm scared to, to make the recommendation. Um, So that's like the, but that's also why I think we have the opportunity to, like you kind of need to, like the organization on some level does need to even out the peaks and valleys, right? Um, I think. Yeah, because the other thing is, yeah. yeah, to some degree, of course. not. But if it not does everything, the, then you're not a principal, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, but of course, if the organization takes a hit that I have, that I own a piece of, then I have taken a hit, even if it didn't come out of immediately my daily cash, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think of it in terms like that. So like, well, you know, if you guys like Globus over there burning a bunch of money on agents and it's not producing any benefit, well, then hopefully the other uh, principals and contributors say like, what are you doing? You're costing us a bunch of money. And like, oh, crap. Me too. <laughs> Let's fix it, right? So I think, but I think the other model where it's like literally, um, it's like, oh, you want to hire this person? Great. Then you have to stake 20 ETH. And if you, if it doesn't cover it, then we take that money from you. Then I'm like, eh, that's a little too direct impact, uh, I think, because then I'm like, why don't I go and do it somewhere else and own, like own the whole downside, but also own the whole upside in a way. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you should own the whole downside. Um, but like at least a part of it yeah. would be sure. a a good idea because then people would really think through, do I need an agent? Yeah. And am I willing to like take the risk for the other person to not have the risk? Yeah. You could also find a principal who wants to do it, but then you have to share, I guess, more of the upside, right? Yeah. So if you put it a different way, like, so even if my employment jobs before, right? So let's say I was making hundred K a year. If I would have said, Hey, I would like to hire somebody. Let's just say as a assistant and, you know, some do help me with stuff that I don't want to do so that I can do more of the stuff that I'm really good at and can do. And then if they would have said like, yeah, you can, but you have to pay half their salary. Right. So maybe they make 40,000 and then I get 80. I have to cover the 20. I think that would be a proposal that would have totally been down to as long as 
at the end of the year, if it's like, well, did I produce more than the year before? And then do I get an upset in that? Right. Yeah. So then it's like, yes, I would absolutely take less to have more uh, leverage because another person working with you is, is just that it's just leverage, right? More hours you can put into stuff. Um, And if you can then reap the benefits of that, I think it's, that would be a phenomenal deal. Yeah, but like the, I guess the thing with employees is they want something even though you don't make anything. They don't want to have to worry about it in general, I think. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They just want to get paid. Yeah, well, that's a, is a, well, where does the money come from? Oh, it comes from the from the ATM. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's but the, but that is the that's the that's how the system is, right? That's why there is that's what the agent does. They don't care. Yeah. They just want to get the money. And the principal, right. they do care, but they have to take the risk and give the money. Yeah. Well, if you're anyway, yeah, once, yeah. well, once you operate at a high level, right? Like, I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that at least in the beginning stages. So with that, I mean, maybe the first year or two, we do work with probably the 10% of people who are like, have a higher than average risk appetite and probably have done entrepreneurial things in the past or like stuff yeah. like that. Um, the thing is that, so if you're super good, if you're at something, there's also, you really have to be careful where you allocate your time, right? Because, um, if I put, you know, four months into a project and then it doesn't pan out, that's okay. But if I do that 10 times in a row, then you're like, whoops, I just wasted, you know, three years of my life or something. Yeah. Um, so we also, I mean, so it has to be attractive enough, right? Where incredible people will want to come and build with us because they can, because they have an overall, just a better, better everything, right? Better risk profile, better, more interesting topics, like cool community to hang out with and, and discuss stuff with. And um, because otherwise it's always an opportunity cost. It's like, yeah, I want to work with you guys, but over there I'm making million dollar deals, for example, right? So then it's like, um, you know how do you balance that so but i mean but i think that is the way that we're trying to develop this so i that's why i'm super psyched about it Uh, but i i just don't know like we definitely like if we ever at a fork where we have to decide like oh do we optimize to motivate more agents to become principals or is it do we want to really motivate the best principals to come and be principals with us i think it should almost be the latter in a way Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. But yeah. I, I was just referring to that when you explained it, right. In your previous yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, because we wouldn't want that principle, like, like you, in that case, we wouldn't want you to leave. Right. right? We sure. wouldn't want you to continue to do stuff. Yeah. But if there was this other thing that still generated revenue would need somebody else to do it. Yeah, and so yeah. in that case, we might have to get somebody else to, to well, do that work. But so the mindset is already for me anyway, completely different, right? Cause if it's the thing that I, that I need to push on because like, let's say there's a button that needs to be pushed uh, every hour, 10 times a day, but it makes the money comes out the other side. Well, if I'm a principal and I get to own even just a fraction of that money, then I'm going to be there pushing that button. Right. So if I'm an employee and the proposal goes from, Hey, we offered you this really cool creative position, but now really all we want you to do is push this button. I was like, well, I don't get any more or any less if I do, if I don't. Right. So it's just, 
But I think <laughs> we also yeah, have yeah. to be careful. We're also describing two different things, right? Like uh, Lovis was saying that he doesn't want to be doing this thing that he finds boring. Yeah. But that, that doesn't mean that you can't find someone that wants to be a principal that can do a boring task very well, very, very quickly, very effectively, very efficiently, right? And that person might still be a good owner or a good principal. Sure. Right? Like uh, a mom making dinner for her kids, right? She's like super owning that task, right? But she's doing something that she's done a hundred times in the last hundred days. But she's still doing it with a hundred percent ownership versus paying somebody to create to, to 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 make food for her kid right so i think when we when we define these things we just have to be again careful just because it's you know there's personality and then there's all you know the different personalities that want to be principals and there are different personalities that want to be agents um and yes most of the time creative work skews towards being principal work but uh yeah there's a lot of repetitive stuff that can be done by principals i think right? yeah how do we what about healthcare <laughs> god so <laughs> well no it's so it sounds like a silly plug now but yeah I was like, this is kind of... <laughs> gonna plug. Oh no, it's not. He's gonna talk about healthcare. Okay. healthcare. Okay. No, I mean, well, so future of work, right? Like, if we're working for multiple employers and stuff, like, who's obviously responsible? In my opinion, who's responsible? Well, it's the person, right? So, you need to you need to make sure that you work enough, uh, have enough monthly cash flow to just self insure and take that off of your employer's responsibility and put it on your own. And then that opens up a bunch of freedom, right? I mean, I've, so in Germany, it's, you know, quite, quite good social, strong social system overall, good, good by how, however you define it. But um, there's a lot that's offered if you're an employee. And I think it keeps a lot of people away from the entrepreneurship game because just even having to think it through is a pain, right? It's like, well, what are my obligations? Because there actually are laws that you have to have all these insurances and stuff. So um so that in itself is already a deterrent there actually is something um i remember because they when they started they came into like bankless dow and um you know went in there and promoted it they're called opolis so it's i just on their twitter page a member owned public utility enabling the future of work benefits payroll and shared services for the independent worker and that's i think they do something for healthcare, um, that's cool. For people working in this like gig economy style, yeah. Yeah, we gotta put that in the show notes. Yeah, so I think there is this thing like they. I'm just clicking on the website, right? They said like health and health, dental, and vision insurance, so that you can add it through that. And but it's probably a U.S. based thing, so I don't. I've got no idea how that works there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is really important, but in the end, this whole freelancer model is pretty much we, as like tokenomics, that would just pay people freelancers, right? But we wouldn't, it would be up to themselves to take care of retirement, um, healthcare, taxes, all that kind of stuff, right? 
not our problem. Yeah. And we're not saying don't do any of those things. It's just that the responsibility doesn't lie with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it'll be, it'll be actually like, that would be one of the big problems. It'd be very, very tricky to do in such a global work setting. Cause we like, well, it's just impossible, right? If we were to tell people in from, from 10 different countries, how to do their taxes, healthcare and uh, retirement um savings account because yeah every country does that very different yeah and it would be a massive burden on the dow right having to fulfill all those requirements yeah yeah and and i think also like for DAOs, it's almost impossible to have employment contracts just before that because of that reason right yeah <laughs> they're all true. like in different countries and we'd have to set up um uh shop in all of these different countries in order to employ them it's crazy the high uh, a lot of i would say a lot of this push towards decentralization comes from the overburdensome regulatory environment in many countries right and it's it's just <laughs> it's just it's so interesting to me to see how things get like the pushback right the reversion to the mean <laughs> you know you you overregulate so much that now people go all right i'm going to go join a dao where there's like you know, I'll just sidestep the whole thing, right? It's like yeah. rather than change the system and reform the system, there's going to be a new system now. Um, yeah, so I'm really curious to see how this develops. Yeah, yeah and I think for it to become successful, then we'd have to find out how traditional companies could operate in this way. And And the scary thing for traditional companies is there might come a time when they can't compete anymore because there are other non-traditional companies that are leveraging systems that we've been talking about and doing things in a much better way, right? So it might be the case where these traditional companies go out and set up their own DAOs, right? That, that can then perform tasks in that different regulatory, under different regulatory frameworks just to remain competitive, you know? Yeah, but then, but the well, and I well, I want to say that's already happening, right? Because of different reasons, but, um, mm -hmm. but with the DAO structure being unclear, like not very well defined right now legally, it's also a it's also a risk, right? So, saw some tweets on um, like DAO contributors being implicated personally and with liability lawsuits and stuff like that where because there's no limited they did not incorporate like a limited liability company which the whole purpose is to limit your liability um, and persons natural persons typically uh have unlimited liability right so that means you can if they owe you a million and they get sentenced to pay you that then they have to give that to you if they can or not yeah. If it's a limited liability company, it only has $1,000 in the bank account, then that's the most you can lose in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but there are ways to incorporate DAOs. Yes. To have that, right? And for I guess sure. every individual who works for a DAO, so let's say we have somebody joining from Brazil who's a, a contributor to tokenomics DAO, he could sort out all of that on his yeah. own, right? He could, 
create whatever legal structure is required in Brazil for him uh, to work, to provide his services to us, right? So he's kind of really just a freelancer working for us. And we compensate mm -hmm. him in these ways that we do with that we described. And so then he would be protected hopefully as well by, by whatever limited liability equivalent they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'm not like, not super concerned about it. I'm just saying, like, in the throes of the systems changing, it is important to also not um, like people. Some people are super maxi on decentralization, everything, and they're like, "Ha, ah, incorporate!" Like, how dare you suggest that? And it's like, well, you might end up in jail if you don't. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying even if you do everything else right, some technicality might get a bunch of people in trouble, because of course the legacy system will use all the tools at their disposal to also compete yeah, they still have the guns right yeah just, exactly and you live in their country that's exactly what i'm trying to get at right so that's before they go the oh let's out compete each other they'll say oh let's just sue them <laughs> yeah we get all the lawyers and all the money and all the judges let's just do that yeah so just to be careful but be yeah. careful out there cool well that was a long. This a long is a one. long discussion on the future of work and somehow why tokenomics has something to do with it. Um, we do these podcast sessions weekly, although we don't always brainstorm on completely new things. Future of work is something we're definitely excited about. It's kind of part of building a DAO in the current state of development of Web3. Um, if you are into that and you got ideas and you were inspired, please join a Discord or talk to us on Twitter and we are keen to hear all your ideas and discuss them with you.